But when you think about having accountability partners, these can be your children. Early in my career, I would have a closing and I would go cash my check and I would get at least $201 bills. And I would come home and both of my kids, there were three and five at the time, they'd both have hundreds. And we throw, I mean, at that time, Vold was, I'm a money magnet, right? And you dump ones on you and everything. So we would throw the money and I have videos of this, but we'd throw the ones in the air and run me my money, show me the money. And it was just, it was this exciting experience for me as a dad that I just had a closing. I have bills to pay and everything else, but now I'm looping them into the success of me having a closing. Hello, everyone, and welcome to the Color of Money podcast. We've got the dream team back together today. Sometimes you get one host or two hosts or three or four. Uh, today, uh, it is myself, Julia Lachey, and I am back with Emrick Peace and Daniel Dixon. Uh, and we are we are in the house to talk to you today about goal setting. That's our podcast today, um, actually defining specific goals. Um, we've kind of identified through our conversations thus far that in order to build wealth, you first need to assess your current financial situation uh, and then define some clear and specific goals and, and then use some discipline and track your progress and, of course, continually educate yourself, which is why you all have joined us today on today's podcast. So without further ado, Emrick, Daniel, good to be with y'all again. Hey, hey. Good morning. Let's talk about goal setting. I know on one of our previous episodes, Daniel said, goal setting is my jam. My jam. Uh, so I thought, it's your jam. So I thought, and I love talking about goal setting and it's goal setting mm -hmm. season. Actually, we do a lot yeah. of business planning in October. Uh, so no better time than now to talk about goal setting. Uh, but Emmerich, help our audience understand, help me understand um, what's important about goal setting when it comes to wealth building? I know we talk about doing it for our business, but when we talk about a wealth plan, what's the importance of goal setting in that? Well, and, and that's that's really deep because when we start talking about goal setting wealth, we set a goal based on where we are a lot of times. And that that's where the challenge comes in. Because when we start talking about wealth and we start talking about money, a lot of times we can't see past where we are. And then we'll set a goal and it, it's every goal is a great goal. Let me make that clear. However, we don't think big enough. We don't think big enough. And so when we start talking about setting a goal as far as uh, as far as wealth planning, we really, really have to start thinking about we have to take ourselves out of our current reality and we have to see ourselves in the future 10 years. What does my life look like 10 years from now? What do I want my life to look like 10 years from now? And then we start working on goals from 10 years from now, what we want our life to look back look like. Then we come back to five. Then we come back to three. And then we, we it puts us in perspective of where our true reality is. One of the challenges with, you know, with goal setting when you start talking about wealth is it has to, I believe that it has to be a dynamic plan because I, I think Gary said this before, we underestimate what we can do in one year and we overestimate what we can do in five years. I mean, we underestimate, underestimate what we can do in five years and overestimate what we can do in one year. And so in that space of goal setting, what I found to be is that when we start to set a goal, a wealth goal, it's gradually, 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 then suddenly. The reality is we don't really know when that suddenly is going to happen because the information that we 
acquire or that we gain in setting that goal, particularly as far as money is concerned, it can escalate so fast and so high that we sometimes, if we if we're a big thinker, we have to make sure that we we have alterable goals. And I'm gonna go back to Daniel, and and Daniel, you know, if we just take a look at, and I'm I'm talking about business for a second, you know. At your third year of being in this business, did you really think that you would amass the business and wealth that you would amass in those three years? Not even close. Not at all. Yeah. If you had a wealth plan based on where you were and all the things that happened, it's no way you could predict what was what what was ahead for you at that point in time. Yeah, and I think that's where the dynamicness and giving yourself grace on where you've been, where you're going, and mm-hmm. it's okay to change. A lot of people get stuck in, in goal setting and think that, A, it's pass or fail, which is completely wrong, and B, they think that they, they're etching this thing in stone and it has to be that way. I mean, Emmerich, I've only been licensed 10 years. So when you talk about think 10 years in advance, like 10 right. years ago, I had no idea <laughs> what my world would look like today. And so it's, um, it, it's, an, it's a continually evolving thing that needs to get edited, that needs to get addressed, that needs to, you need to look at consistently. And then it changes with you. I wanted to go build a really big business. I wanted to build a small business. We now found out we have a mortgage company. So we got to start business planning that. Um, the markets change. We invest differently now than we did two years ago. So everything consistently changes with new information and with new knowledge. And so you've got to give yourself the grace to dream and then understand that you're writing these goals and you're writing this um, this plan or whatnot in pencil. This isn't right. in stone. This isn't in, in, in Sharpie, you know? Yeah. And Julia, like when you said that, when you started, you said, you know, when you start goal setting with wealth building, that that's the biggest, that's a huge challenge. So I believe that we have to, when I said that 10 years, we have to think outside of, we have to figure out how to think outside of ourselves. We have to figure out how to think, you know, what's the world look like in somebody else's neighborhood, to be really honest with you. And do I want to live in that neighborhood? And when I say that neighborhood, I'm talking about income bracket. I'm talking about uh, wealth goals. What Do I want to live in that $20 million, you know, network neighborhood? Do I want to live in that five, $50 million network neighborhood? And we really have to think big. The challenge with that, though, is the place where we are at this particular point in time, when you're, when you're less, when you have a net worth of less than, and and I'm I'm just putting a number out here, when you have a net worth of less than a million dollars and you're working on a $50 million plan, that is an extremely daunting task. Well, I think it comes to, I think what you're saying, what I hear you saying is you have to be able to visualize uh, something bigger than your current situation and and when you were saying that on our last episode, we had Ogla Gatama, and she was talking about um, just just exposing her kids to certain things so that they didn't know any any different. And it, it even made me think of me and my friend when we were we were single mothers, right? We didn't have any money. I was probably making uh, forty thousand dollars a year. I think I, I might have even I might have even been doing real good. I was making fifty thousand dollars a year. But um, but we would take our kids out to eat. And I remember my girl said one time we had all our kids at the table and they were trying to order something off the menu. And she was like, what are you doing? We are here for the experience, right? Like, no, <laughs> we can't actually afford the food. Like, we were just taking them so that they would be able to go somewhere nice and see something nice so they didn't think 
that the, the chicken shack on the corner in our neighborhood was like a good life, right? Uh, so we would just expose them because you're right. If you don't know any, you have to be able to visualize um, something bigger than that. You're talking about it being daunting, but if you've never even seen it, right? Uh, that's a whole different situation. And even going back to our last podcast, we were talking about the average net worth of a um, single black woman being $5, right? So when you're, we're over here talking about, you just mentioned 10 million and, and 1 million. Um, I mean, we, we maybe we're talking about a lifestyle that's a $100,000 lifestyle, a $200,000 lifestyle. Um, but first being able to have to even visualize what a million dollar lifestyle looks like. And I'm not talking flashy stuff. I'm not talking cars and I'm just talking about a, a life, you know, building a life and having that that kind of net worth to to use money as the leverage uh, for the life. But but um, I think that's what I hear you saying is really being able to even visualize it in order to set goals that are big. Because you said set big goals. Um, well, for, for for me, if I've never seen a million dollar lifestyle, well, Applebee's is a, because uh, that's actually where we were when we couldn't order nothing off the menu when we were at Applebee's. <laughs> But that's that that is a big lifestyle. We thought we were doing something because we wasn't at um church's chicken, you know what I mean? Right. And, and you know, and, and that's the that's that's the key. And I've said this before, you know, in life, one person's hundred thousand dollars is another person's million dollars. Some one person's fifty thousand dollars is somebody else's million dollars. You know, and it and it goes all the way down the line because when you don't have ten dollars. What's the difference in <clears throat> if you only have five dollars in your pocket? What's the difference in a thousand dollars and ten thousand dollars? None. That is your million dollars because you only have five dollars in your pocket. Mm-hmm. And so when you try when you make an attempt to make a plan around that, it, it's just a difficult thing. And, and I, I don't want to go back into that. But what is one thing that I've always said, and, and I, I truly believe this, when you begin to make plans your future is so bright, you can't even see it. When you start to make plans and you plan for the future, your future is so bright, you can't even see it. Because what happens is when you start to set these goals and you make these plans, as you achieve these goals, these milestones, and if your goal is hypothetical, if your goal is to get to $100,000, once you get to $100,000, the $100,000 becomes your new floor. Once you get to a half a million dollars, then the half a million dollars becomes your new floor, right? And every time you reach each milestone, that milestone becomes your floor. Now you're looking for a new ceiling. And I've heard this before. I said, you know, with millionaires, it's easy for a millionaire to get to that status of a millionaire and lose everything and be able to get it back. The hard part is figuring out how to get there. The harder like, part is um, figuring on, out how to keep it. <laughs> last thing I want to say about visualizing the goals, because uh-huh. I think that's the first place where you have to start with goal setting is, is like the Bible says, write the vision, make it plain. I think you first have to visualize it. I'm a huge fan of vision boards. Um, and, and when I first started uh, doing vision boards, I remember the um, it was Dr. Ann Dillard, a friend of mine back in Minnesota, and she was sharing with us, and we were much younger then, she was sharing with us just about the vision board, put it on the board. Don't, don't worry about how you're going to get there. Don't think about what, this is what I would like, but I have no idea how I'll get there. Just literally put 
the vision on the board. We'll worry about the plan later, right? And so I think just even starting with that of, of visualizing, because you started this conversation with think big, I would I would think big and put things that I envisioned for myself. No idea how to get there. That was later, right? That's down the road. But first, being able to see yourself there, and then we would put affirmations on the board, right? Um, and every year when I would do a vision board, uh, it's funny. I have kept them all. I've kept a picture of all of them. And because uh, because I have every year, every year I did the board, I've done all those things. And you continue to vision, envision bigger. But uh, I didn't know how I was going to get there. But it just started with me knowing what I wanted it to look like and then and then going from there. So I, I guess the I guess we understand the importance of it. But where do we even actually start? Dan, the man, this is your jam. Oh, I, I did that with Man, a bar, right? Did I that, was that? A bar. that was One of the main reasons I love this time of year and goal setting and, and dreaming is because it gives you, it allows you the ability just to think about what it, what is when we fast forward twelve months from today, what does my world want to want to look like? The challenge I have with vision boards, I have a love hate relationship with vision boards. Um, to be frank, I think a lot of, a lot of agents and a lot of people are completely full of shit. And they want they want these things and they say they want these things, but they're not willing to do the work to get these things. And it drives me absolutely nuts. Now, I love the vision boards because when you go back and you look back and you put checks or you X's through the things that you've already achieved on those vision boards, it gives you a great opportunity of reflection to realize, oh, wow, I said I was going to do this or I really wanted to achieve that. But a lot of those things have to do with things. So the vision board is is not so much the mindset sometimes. It's now we're talking about material things that I want for having the success that I have. And that's kind of my 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 hate with it so much. We've done in our company before. We do and we do vision boards every year <laughs> because I think for the most part, most people need them in their life. It's a really cool opportunity to think about the car you want to drive, the house you want to live in, the vacations you want to go on, the things you want to provide for your children. Uh, we've done these with our kids too, but in our organization. What we do, and this is uh, our agents don't like this so much, but we'll do vision boards. And then throughout the year, as we're holding accountable your activity for your vision board, we're meeting with you saying, OK, well, we have two choices. We either need to change our behaviors or we need to remove something from your vision board. Because both things can't be true. So what what do you want to do? Are we are we yanking that car, that Tesla that you want this year? Are we pulling that off? Are you going to stay driving your Mitsubishi? Or are we gonna are we gonna actually change behaviors and work harder, do more to achieve more to be able to get those those things that we like? So then, so, how do I get it off the board and onto a, a, a actionable plan? Very good question. I think the first thing we need to do is get it out of our head and putting it in writing, putting it in a vision board, positive affirmations, talking about how you feel driving that Tesla or any of those things is certainly the start. What we do in our world, when we think about business planning, I, I think the, the the vision of what we want to be and then turning that tangible into specific behaviors that have to happen in order to do that. What we measure, we move in our organizations. So we chunk down, what is the big goal that we want to achieve next year? Okay, cool. Now we divide that by 12 months. What has to happen? So in our goal, we, we focus primarily on GCI. That's the number one thing that we're focusing on in our world. So we need to make this much money in, in gross commission income. Then we chunk that down into 52 weeks or 12 months. And that way we have a track of what we need to look like every week. And if we win every week on our GCI goal, we're going to win our yearly goal at the end of the year on what we wanted to achieve. So it's, it's, it's building that big idea and then chunking it down into really small, minute details to realize 
how do we how do we build up these seven days to look at this week and say we won the week, we lost the week? How do we pivot heading into the next week? And what do you use sense? a certain tool or a certain like I use I use a four one one that we have a something here at Keller Williams called the four one one. That's what I use. What what do you have people use to to do that? We'll add it to the to the show notes, but I have something. Um, I have a share folder that I, that I share with everyone. We use something called a flash report. So we focus a lot in our world with goal setting on leading metrics and lag metrics. Most of the time in real estate, people focus solely on closings. In our world, we focus on how many leads that we got in and how many appointments we set and how many appointments we held. Because if we do the leading metrics really well, we will get to the closing table because of the work that we put through. So it's all it, it all connects. So in our world, in the flash reports, again, we'll share these, but it's leads that came in, it's phone calls that were made, it's appointments that were set, it's appointments that were held, it's pre-approvals that were generated, it's new under contracts that we have, it's uh, new pendings, buyers or sellers that we have, um, it's any terminations that we have, and then it's closings. And in the same in the same report, we're looking at, well, how many of those people went and used our mortgage company and how many of those people used our title company? And we look and track this information every single week. So a lot of agents, they do business planning this time of year. They make it really cute on their one, three, five. And then they don't look at it again until this time next year and say, oh, well, how did I do? And if we just pay attention more frequently, we will have the ability to have much more success than just setting a goal and checking in once or two times a year on how you're doing to actually achieve that goal. Well, I want to. I, I want to oh. share. I do it differently um, because I don't sell houses anymore, right? Uh, so I, I have a because what I hear you saying is you focus on the activities, not the results, right? Because the activities bring the results. Fall in um, love with the process. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Mine is way different because I don't I don't sell houses anymore. So I I use the four one one differently. On on the four one one, I actually use those four quadrants that exist. There's the there's the career. There's the business. There's the personal and there's the financial. And I actually use those and I create an annual goal on, on those of what my financial goal is going to be. What like like uh, uh, pay off my car, right? That was something like that. And then or purchase to, you know, uh, cash flow properties, whatever it is. I do the annual goals. And then, of course, it's October. So on October 1st, I, I create in that month section under those same four quadrants, what do I have to do this month to reach those annual goals? So maybe one of my personal goals, which I have this personal goal that's been on there forever, don't judge me, is a certain percentage of, of body fat and muscle weight. That's the personal, right, for health or whatever. Um, that's the annual goal. What am I going to do this month uh, to reach that goal? And then uh, it chunks down even further, like you were saying, to the weekly. And so then this week, what am I going to do to reach these goals this month? Because obviously we can't do it all at one time. And I, I focus on the week. I'm a taskmaster. So I love having the, the what do I need to do this week so that I can check them off. I love checking off boxes of what I've done. But it serves two purposes for me. It serves one purpose of making sure that I'm doing the right activities to reach the monthly goals, to reach the annual goals. But it also serves as a what shouldn't I be doing? Because if it's not on my 411 and I'm spending time on it, I'm spending time on the wrong things. Uh, so it allows me to focus my time on, and I could even break it down even further to what should I be doing in this given hour, right? And so I use it differently because I don't have those types of metrics to use GCI and appointments held and those types of things. Um, I use it for my overall life on on what is the goal this year? What's the goal this month? What's the goal this week? Today, what has to happen today? Well, and if we just look, if we look at that and we just look back, 
it, it's it's not a, it's not that difficult to goal set and think through what we want to do and then chunk it down and then get to the end of the month and say, did I win or did I lose? And what needs right. to change or what behaviors need to change next month? You know what? I didn't lose the way I thought I wanted to lose. Well, we're, oh, I went to dinner. We're eating out. We oh, okay. I got it. I got to now re, refocus, put a plan together for these next thirty days to get back on track because nothing is going to happen in 30 days or 45 days. It's the small, consistent, boring victories over time that then create this massive amount of, of success and happiness. Um, because you, again, you don't just lose 40 pounds in, in, in three weeks. That's a lifelong journey. But then like Emmerich said earlier, you, you start slow, then all of a sudden it speeds up really, 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 really fast. Emmerich keeps trying to jump in and we just talking over you, Unc. What do you have to say? I know, I'm sorry. <laughs> <laughs> no, 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 no. <laughs> I'm good. So when when we talk about this and we talk about goals, and, and, and I'm being transparent, well, one of the things that have always been a challenge for me with setting a goal is, you know, how do we really stay? And we're talking financial goals, any goal pretty much. How do we stay focused on the end objective? Because the end objective sometimes, uh, if a number is, I want to save $20,000 this year, and we have all these other things that pop up in our life that deter or detract us, uh, that's a distraction from us, from us accomplishing our goal, how do we stay focused on where we really want to go? I mean, I, and then. We all, I think we all struggle with this a different way. And with money and we talking wealth, it's extremely hard to stay focused on it. How do you guys, stay, Daniel, how do you stay focused on your end, your end game, your end goal, your end result? I, I, think it's, I think it's pretty easy, actually. I think that the more that we can get down, like, Julia, you're not in the minority by being a taskmaster. I would argue that's the majority of human beings on this earth. They need the ability to just execute. So if we understand, we, we don't create enough clarity in our lives that allows us to just execute the plan or do the small things and have the small victories. So when we're talking about building the wealth or we're talking about saving them X amount of dollars or whatever it is, we've got to get very clear that it doesn't matter how you feel today. We all feel shitty sometimes. We all feel challenged sometimes. We all feel really motivated sometimes. But the way that we eliminate the feeling out of this is by having a clear path on what do we need to actually execute. When I come in the office every day, it doesn't matter how I feel or whether or not I went to the gym or I was arguing with my wife or my dog ate my such and such or any of the things. I know I come in and these are the things that I need to execute today, regardless of the circumstances. And if you can continue to have that process in place where it's just execution then we can get the feeling on 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 how we feel about the goal or how we feel about today and whether or not we want to grind today or I want to have a cheat day. Well, if we know that we're trying to lose weight and you can't go have Chick-fil-A, which I had in the morning, we can't go have Chick-fil-A, then you got to look at yourself in the mirror and have an honest conversation. Do I really want to lose this weight? Right. It's up to you. 
Well, now you're talking about discipline, right? And so we can talk, and you can apply that to any aspect in life. You can apply that to, you're talking about health and weight, or you can apply that to money in the financial situation of being disciplined enough to stay on track. So once we do define our goals and we've got these clear and specific goals and we visualize them, we've got them on a vision board. We even wrote them down. We're using a, a 411 or we're using a whatever it is you said, you use a flash report, whatever you're using. Um, we've got all of these things written down now the discipline of actually sticking to that. Cause you said, Oh, it doesn't matter if I had a fight with my wife or if it doesn't matter if the dog ate or if I want, I still have to execute for a lot of people. This is where being a person interrupts that, that situation is I don't, I don't feel good. I used to coach agents. And the thing about a four on one is if you are not healthy, mentally, physically, spiritually, emotionally, it doesn't matter what you wrote on that paper. You're not getting up and you're not doing it. And a lot of people don't have the discipline to reach the goals. So I don't know if y'all have the solution. I certainly don't. But uh, how how do people stay disciplined and, and on the goals and the tasks that you've written down? Well, I think when you start saying stay disciplined, the reality is none of us stay disciplined. We have moments of discipline. We always we have to change that focus because if you take a look at the One Thing book, it's not about being disciplined all the time. It's about bringing enough discipline to a certain action until it becomes a habit. And we just have to stay in that place. We just have to always understand you're going to let yourself down somewhere. However, you have to be disciplined for the amount of time that it requires to get you a certain amount of results. And you think about that. What's the thing when the why is big enough to how it show up? And that's the challenge. How do you equate that goal with the why? What, what does that really, really mean to you? And I believe a lot of times we have to dig deeper to really understand what that goal actually means to us from an internal, from an intrinsic perspective. And it can't be surface and it can't be superficial. A lot of times we have goals and we have objectives and it, they're way too superficial, which forces us not to bring that amount of discipline to make it happen. And then we don't do it. I, I like that. We, we had that episode with Corinne. Remember, she talked about your big why. And I like you pull, drawing that in and going back to, you're right, unless you identify what's what's the, the inner big why, your purpose, if you will, then you're right. It does become easy to not, to not maintain a habit. When you look at having, um, I think we need more mirrors up. Because there's a lot of people we we uh, we deal with this when we interview. You can interview really well, um, but the last thing that you, you can interview really well, you can tell people all the right things and everything else. But the worst thing you can do is lie to yourself. And if we have more mirrors up and we look at ourselves in the mirror and say, "I'm going to do," I'm going to stop eating Chick Fil A in the morning, and then I have Chick Fil A in my trash can this morning. You then need to have that conversation with yourself and say, "Hey, I said I was going to do this." And I was I, I didn't do it. And here I'm going to do better tomorrow. Give yourself grace. It's not about beating you up, but we're not honest enough with each other. And that's where the discipline really becomes a challenge, because, again, we want these things. And I, I know I said earlier that a lot of people are full of shit. And I'm not trying to be I'm not trying to be pessimistic on humans. I love humans. <laughs> In the same breath, I'm just like, man, it's not when you when you say you're going to do something like having integrity and, and, and running that through, like do it. Do it. It's not that difficult. It's, it, 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 if we can understand what we want to become and then we can chunk that down to understand what needs to happen in October of 2023 
to be who I want to be in October of 2024, it's not that it, discipline is not it's not that hard. It's not going and running four miles necessarily. It's, it's small victories and clarity and being honest with yourself, honest with yourself. And I don't think that we are honest enough with the, with ourselves, with each other, have accountability partners who help hold us accountable to what we say we want to do. A lot of people are like, oh, don't tell, don't tell your goals to people because they're going to shit on your goals. Tell everyone what you want to achieve and make make your people hold you accountable to what you want to achieve. Yeah, and that's the whole thing about the big why. That's the yeah. thing about the big What's that why? Well, not even that. He's bringing in accountability now as well. We talk about staying disciplined. So we've got this goal. And, and part of it, Daniel, you're now talking about um, being accountable to what you said you're going to do. Uh, which is where we accountability partners come in. Who are the people? And this I, this is all tying into all of our episodes. We had one on your your what do we call it your um, wealth squad or, or your people, whatever it was we called it. The people around you who are the, your mentors and all of those people. Who else knows that these are your goals so that someone can help you be accountable? You talk about running. I used to run around um, when I lived in Dallas. I would run around the track at the high school. And the coach would be out there because the, the coach would be out there. He ran a couple of different track programs and uh, he knew that my goal was to when I came out there. My goal was to run two miles I, and he would watch me. And if I tried to like, I would like try to slide out the side and he'd be like, hey, where are you going? Right. Like because he was counting yeah. my miles. And I'm like, don't you got kids to pay attention to? Like, <laughs> but because I knew he was watching, I would make sure I finished my two miles. I wouldn't have did it for myself. I would have quit on myself. It's easy to quit on yourself, but because oh I gracious. knew he would say something, if I if I didn't make my two miles, uh, I, I always did it because he was holding me accountable um, to to that. And I also was like, did nobody ask you to hold me accountable? Right? Like, <laughs> but, but, Julia, he, but we, he would. Yeah, we have these things. The, the the thing, listeners, Google this thing. It's called a viable excuse, and it is the scariest thing in your life. And a viable excuse, more or less, is. It's, it's an excuse that has some truth in it. So now maybe your knee hurts as you're running. You're like, ah, I can't finish because I got to, you know, my knee's starting to twi- bug me a little bit. So I didn't finish because I, my knee started hurting. Like, no, you said you were running two miles. Run the two damn miles. Walk the two miles. Finish the two miles. And and we we buy into these fake excuses that have a little bit of reason or factualness in it. And then we give ourselves easy outs. And that goes against the self-discipline. Like discipline in my world is freedom. It's freedom. It's like if you can if you can just be disciplined. And I'm not the greatest, most disciplined person by any means. Let's not get it twisted. But when it comes to business, it's a whole heck of a lot easier for me to stay on point and for me to stay disciplined and focused because there's reasons and there's results in life. And you know the thing with that, Daniel, and Julie, you brought this up. You will do things for other people that you would never do for yourself. Now here's here's one thing I'm gonna, I'm gonna have you look at Daniel and like your when you go home every day and you see your kids and you see your wife, if it was you by yourself, you probably <laughs> you probably would not do a lot of things. However, you know you have to go home and you got them babies and you got your wife and you have to look at them and you promised yourself and you probably promised them a certain lifestyle and a certain way of living. And if you don't show up every day when you go to the office like you want to provide that lifestyle, then you it, it, your your reflection of what your promise was comes back and you say, I got to do it for them. Because if you had to do it for yourself, 
you probably could live a life, different lifestyle for yourself. You've committed 100%. to helping. You've committed to them living a different lifestyle. And that pushes you to a different place. Well, when you think about having accountability partners, these can be your mm-hmm. children. Early in my right. career, I would have a closing and I would go cash my check and I would get at least $201 bills. And I would come home and both of my kids, there were three and five at the time, they'd both have hundreds. And we throw, I mean, at that, that time, Bold was, I'm a money magnet, right? And you dump wild ones <laughs> on you and everything. And so we, right. were, so we would throw the money and I have videos of this. We would just throw the ones in the air and run me my money, show me the money. And it was just, it was this exciting experience for me as a dad that I just had a closing. I have bills to pay and everything else, but now I'm looping them into the success of me having a closing. So right. now when we've gone a, a week or two and we, we haven't thrown ones in the air, they're like, hey, dad, <laughs> hey, dad, what's happening? Where's, where's the money at? We're having closings. Like, what's going on? So we can we can we can tie successes and, and fun to some of the milestones of the big goal or, or the, the lead up to the big goal that we want by looping in some of our pe- some of our people, friends, family, spouses, whatever it is. And we hit the if I do this, then this can happen. It's funny and that's you helps keep bold, us on track. It's, it's funny you mentioned bold in your kids. I was doing a bold 100. So if you don't know what a bold 100 is, is you have to talk to 100 people in one day about real estate. Um, and I was doing a bold 100 one day and I had been all the places and done all the things. Went to my son's basketball game and my youngest son, I can't remember how old he was, but we had, he wanted Burger King on the way home. It was late. I remember that it was like 10 o'clock at night and I wasn't, I, I wasn't at the hundred yet. Uh, so I was just like, he's like, mom, you didn't make a hundred. And I was like, I know, I think I'm going to just, I, I don't, I don't, we don't have nobody else to talk to. I've called everybody. I've done everything. I was on 90 something. And he looked at me and was like, so you just going to quit? <laughs> you just going to quit? I love that. I like, so now I'm at Burger King talking to the people flipping the fries. Like, Hey, excuse me. Have you ever considered buying? <laughs> <Yep>. <laughs> because now I'm like, like you said, your kids will hold you accountable. Cause he's just oh, like, oh, you just. You just a quitter, like yeah. oh man. But uh, but you know, so I, I 100% agree with your statement about letting people in on the goal, even your kids, and letting them have you know some of the fun and participating and seeing you do that. Ogla spoke about that on the last podcast about uh, she actually does. Uh, Emmerich, she was telling us she does a PNL with her kids for the market center. You know, she, she's like, and they hate it, but <laughs> but but they're in on this. This is all. This is part of all of our goals. You know. Uh, so I think that's really important, be it your kids or whoever you live with or a coach. Again, we've talked about coaches so many times on this podcast and the importance of having a coach help keep you accountable as well. And, and, and I, I'll say that all day long. I, I've kept a coach for one. I've, I had six months out of the past 19 years without a coach. And I was in such disarray at the end of that six months. I didn't know what to do. I was like, this is ridiculous. And that was like a. It really was a dark part. It was a dark. It was a dark moment for me, because I was left to my own devices to hold myself accountable. The worst person to hold you accountable is you, is because you, you know, <laughs> it, you know. The reality is, we all have a distorted perception of ourselves, either to one extreme or the other. Either we think we're better than we actually are, or we're not as good as we think we are. And, and either way, you know, you're right. And then you're trying to hold yourself accountable to either false perception of yourself. Yeah. <laughs> so. All right. Well, let's, well, have, let's wrap this thing up. Uh, Daniel. One, one, more, one more thing on discipline. So this guy right here, Mike Tyson, he's one of my one of my heroes. Like, I love the man. 
And his his quote, I read this, I read this years ago. Discipline, discipline is doing what you hate to do, but doing it like you love it. And it's it's the execution mindset of like, I don't want do I do agents like to lead generate 100 percent unequivocally? Absolutely not. But it has to get done and you've got to fall in love and do it like you love it in order for you to hit what you want to hit. If you want to make if you want to make it and be successful in this industry. So it's it's just this thing of it's like it's like a mind. It's like a mind fake. How can we how can we just hack our mind to do the things that we don't like to do. And at the end of the day, we finish. I teach my kids, finish. If you try a sport, I don't care if you hate that sport. We're going to run, you're going to do the as much as you can do, as hard as you can until the sport is over. And you never need to do it again. But we have to finish, get to the finish line. Like Ed Milet said, just one more rep, power of one more, one, one more, more rep, one more day, one more yeah, phone I'm call, on. one more everything. Right. right? And it's, it's, it's easier said than done, 100%. But you've got to reflect on and you've got to be real with yourself on, do I really want to go be this successful or have this much money or have this much wealth? Do I really want to lose this much weight? And then what am I doing every single day to get there? And it's a, we're going to have bad days. We're going to do days where we don't feel like doing it and we don't do it. But we got to be able to look at ourselves in the mirror and say, ah, I screwed that one up. All right, tomorrow's going to be another day. I got this. And then continue to build on that until it is a, a, a consistent habit. Right. I like that. That's good. Emmerich, final words? Uh, the final word is this. As I said earlier, when you begin to make the plan, your future is so bright you can't even see it. The key thing to that is make a plan and stick to it. I like that. That's good. Well, I don't have anything else to add. I think y'all have have really helped us understand how to set uh, clear and specific goals and and follow the pr- follow the plan and be held accountable to it. Until next time, friends. Thanks for tuning in to the Color of Money podcast. We'll see you on the next episode. Follow the Color of Money podcast today and get notified when new episodes are released weekly. Be part of this transformative listening experience. This podcast is for general informational purposes only. The views, thoughts, and opinions of the guest represent those of the guest and not KWRI and its affiliates and should not be construed as financial, economic, legal, tax, or other advice. This podcast is provided without any warranty or guarantee of its accuracy, completeness, timeliness, or results from using the information. 